Hey, today we're talking about marriage, mentors, and billboards? Hey, welcome to the Tom Ferry Show. Today we're talking billboards, marriage, mentors, and what's going on with this crazy inventory. So let's jump right into it. We're going back into Q&A. So many of you have been so kind to post great questions, to, you know, to make sure that I can inform as many of you as possible with what we believe you need to be doing today. Let's jump right into this first question. So uh, Deborah Anker asked, Tom, what should I look for in a mentor? Well, this question's near and dear for me because I, I had the chance to reflect on all the mentors I've had in my life from Bill Mitchell, who I met at 19, who really taught me about marriage and integrity, like those two things. Um, then I looked at Mike Vance. Mike Vance, who was the dean of the Disney University. He was Walt Disney's right-hand guy in charge of ideas and innovation. Jay Abraham, a longtime mentor and a friend when it comes to marketing. And Brian Tracy, I'm married to my wife because this guy challenged me in the middle of a seminar, looked me right in the eyes and said, kid, you need to get married. What is it that all those people had in common? For me, they had one specific superpower that I was attracted to. One specific thing that, that Deborah, I wanted to, to glean, to experience, to add, if you will, to my toolbox, whether it was emotionally, mentally, or something when it came to like a business skill. So the thing I would challenge you on when it comes to mentors is, first of all, you don't just need one. It's okay to have a relationship mentor, a health mentor, um, maybe someone you turn to when it comes to your money, right? When it comes to your business. So I just say, find that special person and lean in lean in. And what's so insanely great today is now the mentor doesn't even have to be alive, right? You can research and study from, you know, YouTube and books that, you know, all the great thinkers of our time, everything is available for you to access. Lean in. Love that question. Um, Marnie asked, or excuse me, uh, Mari asked, this is fun. Tom, advice for married couples working together. Congratulations on being married for 19 years. And you're an Italian. She's like, so my husband's now working with me. Like, what do you recommend? Well, in October of this year, I'll be married to an Italian for 25 years. I've married her twice, thinking about doing it a third time. Uh, I guess my simple advice is working together, I don't know, therapy. That would probably be a good idea. The challenge that you have, right, is in a relationship, 25 years, one spouse, like I get it. You go through highs, you go through lows, where you're on track, you're off track, there's raising kids. Like it's, it's not an easy venture. Like, you know, maybe knowing what I know now, I would have rewritten those vows, right? I would maybe paid it a little more attention. I would tell you this, it's about clear roles and responsibilities first and foremost. Clear roles and responsibilities. The challenge is, Let's say your husband is coming in and he wants to shadow you and do the same stuff and work with buyers and work with sellers, or worse, you start doing it together, which means you know, you're just in involved with the same buyers and sellers all the time. Guess what? By the time you get home, what do you talk about? All the same stuff you talked about all day long. Let me tell you right now, then you're no longer a couple, you're roommates that happen to run a business together. I would challenge you. You need time to get away. You need roles and responsibilities. He's doing his thing. You're doing your thing separate. So when you come home, there's chemistry again. There's something to discuss, not the same stuff over and over again. I can tell you emphatically being married for 25 years and have a very strong relationship. You got to have different things happening in your world. If it's all the same, it becomes a snooze fest. Hope that helps. 
and therapy, always a good idea. Uh, let's see, uh, Steph Sadat said, Tom, what CRM should I be using? I'm a huge fan of Contactually. Contactually, Contactually, Contactually. Could not be a bigger fan. And if you've watched my show before where I talked about the hub, my plan B is whatever your brokerage provides for free, use that. Um, I don't want to misquote the summary, but I want to say in a recent survey of inbound new coaching members, nearly 64% of them had no CRM. And inside that number, they counted Microsoft Outlook as their CRM. And my friends, that is not a CRM to build your business and to manage your relationships and to stay informed and connected with the people that matter most, that are refer you business, or your buyers and sellers that we need to follow up on. So love Contactually, love the whole bucketing strategy, right? Or plan B, pick whichever one your brokerage has and use that. Um, all right, Sherry, Sherry, I'm probably saying that wrong, definitely. She said, what books do you suggest? Uh, I just got an early advanced copy to Growth IQ by Tiffany Bova. She is the evangelist of innovation and growth for a little company called Salesforce. Um, phenomenal book, full of case studies about what extraordinary businesses have done in basically 10 different categories of growth. So if your desire is to grow your business, if your desire is to out-innovate the competition, strongly recommend it. The other book I recommend is from the Harvard Business Review, their Emotional Intelligence series on empathy, on empathy. Interesting, going back to, to Mari, the uh, big shout out to you, Mari. Thank you for asking that question. Um, empathy, if you look at raising kids, being in a relationship, having business partnerships, the thing that makes all those work is empathy. So I think when you, when you I think I think out, I know if you improve that, that emotional intelligence, your ability to be empathetic with the buyer, the seller, right, your business partners, your spouse, and not be so reactionary, not be so judgmental, which my goodness, with what's happening in the world today, it's so easy to be judgmental. You with me on this? There's so many sides and you know all that BS. Um, a little more empathy goes a long way. So that'd be my next book. Um, Sean, Sean, I love you, buddy. So Sean says, hey, Tom, uh, we recently saw lots of homes coming off the market and sellers are not relisting. So, so Sean, you had a lot of questions here. I wanna unpack that first one. If, if you're paying attention right now, and I know you are, you really have the tale of two markets in almost every marketplace in North America today. And by the tale of two markets, I mean it's like a dual market. If you're looking at the top one third of your pricing in your area, it's no longer a seller's market. It is absolutely a buyer's market. You know it today, you're looking at the MLS, you're seeing the hot sheets, you're seeing expireds coming up into these areas, right? You're seeing uh, withdrawns coming up in these certain price ranges or they're just on the market forever. Remember the great line, if it's not compelling, it's not selling. If it's not compelling, it's not selling. That is a script you need to have down on every appointment, talking to every potential seller out there, very important. So the tale of the two, the dual markets. In the top one third, guess what? It's a buyer's market. But as soon as you move to that lower, mid and lower price range, instantaneously it becomes a seller market. So Sean, the first thing I would ask you and everyone watching is 
Know your real data. Know your market stats so you can speak intelligently when you're talking to potential prospects, so you're talking to the seller to say, look, we're actually for the first time in my real estate career in what we refer to as a dual market. We're in both a buyer and seller market. Buyer in the high end, seller market in the low end. With your sales price today at a million, you're in that, they're in that upper one third. Here's the reality. There's more inventory than there is buyers. If your price was, if you're in this price, guess what? It's the exact opposite. So Sean, being informed and educating always is first and foremost. So Sean also asked, hey Tom, one of the fears that some of the sellers have is if I put my home in the market, you know, what's gonna happen? Am I gonna be able to buy a home, especially if we're talking about that lower two-thirds price? Look, at the end of the day, this has been an issue since the 2010 to 2012 beginning of this flurry. Sean, you and I both know, every professional knowing or watching this knows, you put that home on the market while simultaneously showing them property. And when you get that offer, if you're in that lower price range, you're in control. Maybe you give up a few less shekels to keep the property a little bit longer or give yourself the position where you can lease the property for another 30 days so the buyer now, or excuse me, the seller now has the funds to go out and write that offer and be aggressive in the marketplace. At the end of the day, there's a few strategies, but it all comes down to one thing, communicating and being really clear on the expectations, right? Letting people know how crazy it is in this lower two-thirds of the market. So, a lot of great questions. We did books. Oh, there was one other one here. Tom, what are your thoughts on billboards and radio advertising? Boy, the last couple of weeks, it's like IGTV and can I build my entire business on social? And now somebody's asking about billboards and radio. Well, here's the reality. Like I drive every day, you drive every day. When was the last time you saw a billboard? Like, I'm sure they're out there. Gary Vee used to say, nobody's looking at the billboards. They're barely looking at the road, right? They're driving like this. So. I would say pass on the billboards, unless you've got so much additional cash, you're just not sure what to do with yourself. I think if I did a billboard, it would literally say, stop looking up here and keep looking at the road. Like, I would just mess with people. What I would lack at though, is radio advertising. Radio advertising is very low cost today. I would challenge you to test something, right? to test, is it you know, an offer in 15 or 30 seconds on you know, drive time radio, ESPN, or you, you know your market, right? Talk to them about the demographics of who's listening supposedly at that time, but like, do you guys even listen to the radio anymore? I'm like looking at my team like, I know it exists, right? But now with what's available, it's just, it's you know, Pandora and everything else. Anyway, I do a very low cost, short term, not long contract test, and you decide. Short test, low cost, nothing long term, you decide. I think, there, I think there's still an opportunity because guess what? Not many people are doing it anymore, so check that out. All right, so that's a wrap, guys. Lots of interesting questions. Mari, big shout out to you and your husband, therapy, 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 and make sure you, you, know, you know what your roles and responsibilities are. Otherwise, you just become roommates, and that's not fun. All right, thank you so much for watching. Remember, always your strategy matters, and now more than ever, your questions absolutely rule. Hey, it's Coach Tom Ferry. Have you been considering hiring a coach? If so, click the link below and check out what we do.